welcome to Knowledge Gap uh, show. Today we're interviewing the wonderful Emma Barnett. Say what's up, Emma. What's up, guys? Um, Emma is a really good friend of mine. I've known her for over seven years. We're on our eighth year of knowing each other at this point. And she is a badass leader and runs a huge sales organization with the internship I used to work at uh, called Southwestern. And she's got just some incredible stories. I uh, went to University of Kentucky um, as a nursing major, got into sales, probably makes way more money than she would have as a nurse, <laughs> but helps and impacts a lot more people. Um, and we're going to be talking about how she found her purpose and the story of her life and all that kind of stuff. And this is going to be a pretty fun laid back episode with some really good nuggets. So you want to listen to the whole thing. Here we go. So sweet. I'm excited to be here. Thanks, Joe. So um, tell the good people of the Knowledge Gap what you do, because, you know, we're all about like master purpose and, you know, your history, uh, you know, just from um, we're going to get into her, you know, your story here. But, you know, from going from nurse to sales manager, kind of weird. <laughs> You know, um, so like, tell us a little about like how you grew up a little bit, UK, give us, give us a little, little background info. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I, I grew up in Kentucky and I have a huge family. So I have six older siblings and I have now 19 nieces and nephews, which is insane. <laughs> yeah. So nope. Christmas. Could you say more? I'm sorry. I just had to ask. You could, you don't have to. Could you? I could. Yeah. For no, for sure. People say that they're like, do you all, do you know all their names? And I'm like, yes, they're my nieces and nephews. <laughs> okay, <so. laughs> um, yeah, I would just go by family. They're all really cute. So I have 13 uh, flower girls for my wedding. That'll wow. be like the highlight of the ceremony for sure. Very eventful. But yeah, I grew up in a huge family. Um, my parents are awesome. And we grew up really involved in, in church and just sports and a lot of different things. And kind of connecting growing up to what I do now. My dad worked with Southwestern, which is the company I work with now. Um, he worked with Southwestern for three summers when he was in college. He studied math. And now my dad, he started and owns, runs a small but pretty successful aerospace engineering company up in like northern Kentucky near Cincinnati. And my whole life, I always grew up with my dad attributing just a lot of his success in business, but then also personally, I mean, my dad with a few other families helped start a church and now there's like three or four locations and it's pretty big. So he's started a lot of successful things. And he's always attributed a lot of his success to the principles and the things, the character and the skills that he learned working with Southwestern when he was in college. So uh, my siblings and I all kind of thought that that was pretty cool. That always stood out to us. So five of my six older siblings all worked with Southwestern, which I'll kind of explain more about what it is maybe in a minute. Uh, Summer internship. Who was the black sheep? Like, why did they... Michael, uh, the one right above me, he's two years older than me, and he went into the Marines right out of high school. So it was a pretty good excuse. (laughs) That's that's kind of the same sort of mental torture, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Maybe even worse. Yeah. So uh, he gets a pass. But... Uh, my siblings are in like all sorts of different fields. One of my sisters is like a nurse practitioner and works with a consulting group. One of my sisters worked in tech sales. One of my brothers is like an engineer. One's a pastor. 
Um, one was like a semi-professional athlete for a while and now does some different things. So they went into all different fields, but they all attributed a lot of their success also to what they learned working with Southwestern when they were in college. So needless to say, I came to UK as a freshman in 2016 and I was like, okay, I should probably at least check this thing out. So uh, I went to an informational meeting, um, heard about it and long story short, ended up working with Southwestern every year every summer in college, 2016 to 2019. And I loved it. It was awesome. I definitely got my teeth kicked in. It was really tough, especially my first summer. And um, I had an awesome experience though. So now I'm going on, I guess, like seven, eight years working with Southwestern. So yeah, a, a fun fact, uh, Emma was number two in the world her first year. And she, she beat up on a bunch of dudes who you know, couldn't handle handle the stuff out there because uh, if you don't know what Southwestern is, it's a door to door sales internship and it's really hard. <laughs> it's like <laughs> almost like doing a, a ultra marathon Spartan race, you know, but with your communication skills and uh, and toughness and rejection, kind of like the opposite. Did you know by the way? Yeah. I looked up um, Danielle and I were talking the other day, and somehow this came up. But she's real. We're both really into psychology, and we looked up somewhere where rejection. Um, the pain of rejection is stored in your brain the same as if you like got punched. It's like, what? Same thing. yeah, it's like same spot in your brain. It's like people are so afraid uh, to like <laughs> be rejected and they want to fit in so bad. And why selling books at the first three weeks are so difficult because in everyone's mind, they haven't trained, their, they haven't trained or mastered their mind yet to where they understand what is real pain and what is sort of like, you know, emotionally kind of in their head pain. Um, but yeah, that's why the reaction is so tough the first few weeks. It's it's stored just like getting hit. <laughs> crazy. That's crazy. I think that's one of the coolest things that I've been able to learn from Southwestern is like people tend just human nature. We hate rejection. And so when you put yourself into something where you're inevitably going to fail over and over and over again, it kind of makes you rejection proof. And then when you do other things in life, it's like, you're just almost, you almost feel like you're invincible because you're like, even if no one says yes, like, I don't care, you know? Oh, it's a great feeling. Yeah. Getting through that. It's like, um, it's like toughening up. Like some people think, you know, and if this is you, it's like no judgment at all. But some people think running a mile is like the hardest thing ever, you know? And then you go run, if you go run a half marathon to you, like running a mile the rest of your life is like the easiest thing ever. It's just sort of a, uh, your brain naturally seems to just toughen up. So, so uh, I play soccer, you know, that. Um, a lot of people on here may, may not know that actually, I don't think I talk about soccer much, but my brother-in-law, whose name will not be mentioned on this podcast, <laughs> we were <laughs> hanging out at, uh, for July 4th and it was just kind of like the brothers and me. So I have two brothers-in-law, um, in where were we? We were in Lexington, Kentucky, maybe we were in Kentucky near where you live probably. And he, I did something kind of, one of his brothers plays soccer and it kind of pissed him off or something. He just falls off and kicks me in the shit. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know idea. Oh my god. <laughs> it hurt really bad. And in fact, it was uh it was kind of swollen and just bruised for you know a couple days or whatever. It was actually really like a couple weeks. It was pretty sore. And oh my uh, god. on my shin, where he kicked me, there's just like a calcified part of my bone that's harder than the rest of the rest of the shin. Isn't that weird? That's insane. Ow. Well, so if obviously someone kicked me there, they'd probably break their foot now at this point. But <laughs> <laughs> um, that idea is that, you know, just like your bones, they calcify, like, um, you know, soccer player shins are naturally harder because they've been kicked there. 
more often than not. You know, if someone steps on my foot, I kind of don't notice, to be honest. Like someone raked my foot hard with their cleats yesterday um, playing, and I don't feel anymore um, because your mind just knows that if you can get there so many times, it's gotten so strong in that area. It's just like it's not going to break or snap. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you obviously had never been kicked in the shin and someone just wails off and kicks you or you kick them, there's this really weird phenomenon that people just snap their shins when they kick people because their their bones haven't calcified. I know that's kind of gross, but... <laughs> wow. <laughs> your brain, right? So when you go and get rejected a bunch, your brain, you just toughen up. You learn to be like, oh, that's not real pain. That's just like in my head and it doesn't actually matter and I'm going to meet that person again. And they're probably just having a bad day, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And, and that's an important lifelong skill, because if you don't overcome that, especially early, because as you age, your proclivity to take risks, and that's, a, that's word of the day, proclivity, um, becomes good more, word, right? So you, you just, you're not willing to take risks the older you get. So the earlier you can get through mm-hmm. that phase of life where you're like, okay, I'm just going to go get rejected until I cry you know, and then I'm just, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to figure out why it's important and why it doesn't matter. Because like starting a a podcast like this one, for example, was about six to seven months of straight up rejection (laughs) Um, by by no one in particular, but by everyone at the same time, because as you start something like this, it's a, it's, it's weird because um, then this goes with any podcast. I don't think I'm special that this happened to me, but the first 10 episodes, it's like, you'll have people watch and listen. And then no one listens for a long time because they just did it because they were your friend until you master, you know, your purpose of your podcast, which is just so happens to be, you know, this is a young, a young person's guide to uh, mastering their purpose now. Right. And then they start to get excited. Right. And there's, there's everything like that. There's always this learning curve that you go through where it's the beginning's really hard. So Yes, I agree. And Southwestern is perfect for that. And uh, I'll put a link in the description too, if you're interested in talking to Emma, if you're anywhere in Kentucky, where do you recruit at? Um, I recruited in Lexington at UK, but kind of all over Kentucky and worked with a student from Western Kentucky. And then I, a little bit in Nashville and kind of in Florida too, sort of all over. (laughs) Yeah. So if you're in any of those three places, there'll be a If you're in the United States. Emma, Emma will talk to anybody who's willing to uh you know, take on that kind of kind of challenge so tell us a little bit more about that then sorry i didn't mean to cut you off so you were telling us about how you did it for a bunch of summers now so like why did you do that because you were a nursing major like how in the world would that even cross your mind of like oh i mean i guess with your dad obviously but you know after a couple of years and you were looking at what it, it, were you going to do like a nursing school after college and then like tell us about how, how did you decide what's your per- like what your purpose is and and why you, you stuck with it? That's a great question. So initially, uh, kind of why I wanted to do it, you know, it's an opportunity to make really good money. The average kid makes like 10 grand during the summer. I was paying my way through school. And the thought of having a ton of student loans that I would be paying on for the rest of my life really freaked me out. So that was a huge draw for me, like initially. And uh, probably more than that, uh, was really the confidence that I wanted to gain. Before working with Southwestern, I had pretty conditional confidence. And obviously, that's a lifelong journey. I'm not saying I'm unconditionally confident. But you know, my, if I was in a social situation with like a bunch of my best friends, I was really confident. Or if I had just won a track meet, I was really confident. But you know, take me out of those situations. And I'm in a social situation with no one that I know, or I just sucked in the race before my confidence was just up and down. And one thing that I had learned talking to a lot of people that worked with Southwestern is the confidence that they've gained. So 
that was one thing that I really wanted to gain. And that's probably the biggest thing that I did gain my first summer. And then kind of moving through college, I knew that it was just going to make sense because I knew that there was nowhere else that I could learn more, earn more and grow more. Um, One of my mentors in college would always ask me that, like, where can you learn the most? Where can you earn the most? And where can you grow the most? And really, ideally, that's what you should be spending your time doing in college. So I knew that that was Southwestern. That was pretty clear to me. And then in terms of after college, though, I definitely did not plan on working full time with Southwestern when I was in nursing school. So I I thought I was going to be a nurse. And Southwestern really just opened up a lot of other doors, as you know, Joe. You know, it's more so once you work well work with Southwestern and do well, you're kind of more so getting recruited for all these different things than you are like trying to find a job. And so when I was nearing graduation, I had different opportunities. I had kind of pretty heavily thought about like medical device sales. And that's a really awesome gig. You can make a ton of money and it's pretty flexible. I I shouted a a guy for that. And uh, there was different things that I was considering. And ultimately, I had a conversation with one of my mentors and also my dad. And they both kind of had similar advice. They were like, when you're thinking about a career, instead of thinking about what you want to do, and this is funny because I just listened to your most recent episode and you're, you were kind of talking about this. Instead of thinking about what you want to do, think about what, like the, the criteria for your career. Like what kind of impact you want to make? Is that important? Like what kind of flexibility, what kind of money, like just all of the different things. So I basically made a list of all of the things that I wanted in, in a career and then reverse engineered. And I did not expect the answer to be Southwestern. But ultimately, ultimately it was. And the main thing was really the impact. You know, I was, I was definitely leaning towards doing medical device sales. And anyone listening, if you like know anything about medical device sales, you can make like just stupid money. And it's, yeah, it's very lucrative. So that's kind of what I was leaning towards. It, you know, boosted my ego and I, like I could kind of like using my degree would sort of help me a little bit, give me some credibility. And, and ultimately I ended up, do you want me to wait till you find this average? Oh no, you're good. I'm safe. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, it's like somewhere between 136 and 180 is pretty average with commission and annual salary. Okay. Salary's like 80K and then the, you know, plus like double that usually for um you know total okay. 160 to 180 somewhere in that range the friends those are the friends that i have <laughs> that are, are doing it are making <laughs> way <laughs> more than that versus the average rate right they're right. probably making three or four or five hundred a year yeah um, i know yeah i know someone who's like early 30s making like half a million a year yeah. doing medical device sales so anyway um ultimately it was like I really had to just pray about it and take a step back and reevaluate my criteria. And ultimately, I think like my purpose, you know, if we're going with the theme of this podcast is about impact. I think that's why God has me here. And regardless of, you know, people listening, whether you guys believe in God or whatever it is that you believe in, I think that all of our purposes kind of revolve around impact and helping people. And Southwestern, I think, just has a really unique uh, level of impact. And you know that, Joe, from impacting a ton of people in your time in Southwestern. 
And so I think God just made it really clear to me that like, that's where I need to be. And that's what I need to be doing. And here I am eight years later with a nursing degree, knocking on doors. (laughs) (laughs) So you said, and this is curious to me, and I think this would be interesting to others too, but you're talking about like, you really didn't think it was going to be Southwestern. Why why did you think that? Like, what what did you think it was going to be, you know? Well, I think I kind of wanted it to be like medical device sales because I, I think it was going to be a little bit more comfortable probably. And I was going to be probably making more money. And there was essentially, there was a lot of other things that I could be doing that I would be making easier money. Anyway, I, I think, I don't know if I wanted it to be Southwestern, I guess is the answer. And when I reevaluated my priorities with impact from maybe three or four on the list to probably number one. I think that's where it, it kind of shifted. Well, how'd you make that switch? Because I don't think every single person thinks that impact is the most important thing for them. And I think that's important because we were just, I just, there was a comment on my show um, the other day and someone says, I literally hate my job. And I, and I decided to go and sacrifice to make more money, but I hate my job. And we were playing soccer yesterday and someone's asking me about what I did. And I was telling them about what I, what I do. And they were, they were telling me, it's like, I hate my financial advising job, but I make more money than I used to. So impact though, it may not be the number one. So how did it switch to the number one for you? Well, I guess I do want to preface by saying, I think one thing that's kind of can be a little bit weird about this new generation, whatever it is, Gen Z, is I've realized interviewing hundreds or however many thousands maybe of college students, it people are almost like afraid to talk about money, in my opinion, like this new generation. And I think that's kind of weird because money is important, right? Like I, I think that money is definitely top five and it it should be. But where I had to reevaluate my priorities was probably being like number one to number I don't know, two or three or four or something. And I think one thing that forms my worldview a lot is my faith. And, you know, when money is the main priority, I think that there's a misalignment there for me because it's, I think that has a lot to do with pride and, you know, why do you want a lot of, why you want a lot of money? I think you might need to check the motive there, but when it's impact and then money, I think when I'm laying on my deathbed, I'm not going to take my money with me. So I want to have impacted as many people as I can, you know, and actually made a difference because at the end of the day, no one cares how much money you make. And hopefully I'm always going to be making good money. I don't think I'll ever be struggling or dwelling, (laughs) but yeah, ultimately, I don't know if I'm answering that question well, but that's good. That's good. Right. I think I just. You're thinking long-term. Yeah. And it's hard. It's like tough to reevaluate that because it does feel really good to have your ego stroked. And it feels really good to be making a ton of money and being the best at something and getting a lot of recognition. And all of those things are great. And that's not who I want to be, you know? So who do you want to be? Um, it's a great question. I, this, this is like exactly the podcast that I was just listening to before this, your latest episode about like when you're on your deathbed, what do you want your son to be saying about you? Right. So yeah, I think I want to be known as someone who is, um, 
again, my faith is probably the most important thing to me. So I want to be someone who's faithful and who loves Jesus and others really well. I want to be humble and patient and kind and hardworking, integrous. I think it just comes down to a lot of those principles to me. Yeah, I think that's great too because, you know, it's uh, it's just, you know, with with how people get their information nowadays, social media being ridiculously large amount of what people do, they're getting they're getting a 90 or 60 second clip 100 times a day of all these different things. And, you know, the amount of time people spend on their phones is four to six hours a day, you know, kind of on average, just absolutely, you know, not utilizing their time. Right. And uh, it's important to help people realize that thinking about this kind of stuff is a big deal because the the change that you want to have and the impact you want to have is not going to be on your phone. You know, it's not mm-hmm. going to be in all these things that we get distracted with. It's going to be doing, you know, living out those principles of, you know, work ethic and, and integrity and living out your faith, you know, because at the end of the day, if someone does care about how much money you make, do you really care that much? Do, and, and if you're a, a person who did Southwestern, you definitely don't care because you've gone through your, you've, you've built up your rejection muscle. But, you know, you got to think through the psychology of them. Why would someone care how much money you have? Well, the reason that they care how much money you have is because they use it as a confidence booster for themselves. Why do they use it as a confidence booster? Well, they think they're better than you. Therefore, they think they have confidence. And if they base their life around this, you know, fleeting thing of money where it's a status symbol and I have more than you, therefore I'm better. It's like, maybe, or you cheated people. (laughs) You know, I mean, or, or you stole things, I don't know, or, or you, you, you know, made a bunch of deals. Like we had a, uh, with Elevate Wellness, we had a business that we, we paid some stuff to hire some, some people that we thought were going to be good. And they were going to help us with some marketing stuff, paid, paid a lot of money for this. And the service was not, not at all. We, we actually tried this twice. We'll never, we'll never do it again. <laughs> we tried it twice and, uh, both times total waste of money. And, um, at the end of it all, you know, we were like, Hey, you know, we really didn't like the service and they were trying to get more money from us. Um, cause it, it also wasn't clear up front and the service was just so bad. And he got, he basically was emailing us and just threatening to sue and all this stuff. And it's just like, wow, my gosh, terrible way to run a business, you know, it's like, yeah, hey, this service really was awful, you know? And, and then instead of cutting that, like doing the right business move, be like, Hey, that's our fault. <laughs> here's, here's, here, just keep the extra or whatever. Cause we'd already paid him like 90% at that point or whatever it was. And, um, he was just, he was just so rude about it. He just really wasn't, he just, he just didn't handle it. Well, it, was, it seemed like it was totally about the money for him because they didn't check in after a couple months, they didn't check in at all with us. <laughs> it was just crazy, you know? Wow. So it's like, you know, I, I see stuff like that and it's like, well, okay, there, there, there's people who's in it for the money and there's people who, you know, do it for the people. Right. You know, and there's, I think there's pros and cons to both. And I think you kind of just being in the middle, like sometimes you've got to have that boundary of like, well, I really can't give you the money back for that thing. But a lot of times if you just do the right thing where it's like, well, they're just upset. Let's, let's go, let's go just ease that over. You know, people, people talk about that kind of stuff, for example, right. and that long-term you know, play is like Amazon will just return your stuff and, that you don't even have to have a real reason. <laughs> Just as long as you return it, they're fine. You know, right? people keep coming back for stuff like that. But for that guy, it was like, never going to talk to that guy probably again. It was just such a, it was such a burn is what it felt like. You know, it's like, and in the previous company too, before that was just such a burn. It was, it was just awful. They just overhype it and oversell it, you know? And, and if I were to get super rich off that, I just feel like I would feel awful. You know, it's like, yeah, I got all this, yeah. ripped all these people off. And that's kind of a, 
you know, when you look back on it, right, it's not really purposeful. So, so let me ask you this. So why do you think most people, because the, the statistics I've read online are somewhere like 85, 88% of people hate their job. You know, you're, you're 25. Yeah. 25, we're the same age. <laughs> you know, you're 25 years old and you've, you've had some, some different jobs at this point and you've done this one. Why do you think people don't like their job? You've got friends in other places. Yeah. I think ultimately it's because they're scared. Like people make decisions based off of fear instead of just making decisions regardless of fear. And I mean, I see this all the time with students that I interview. It's like, they'll tell me all of their goals, you know, and they'll tell me all the things that they want to do and the person, the the kind of person that they want to be and where they want to live. And like, they'll paint the picture of their, what they want their life to look like. And then sometimes they'll end up going and doing making decisions like everyone else because that's comfortable and it's normal. Right. And if you make decisions like most people, you're going to end up like most people, you know? And I think going against the grain is, is hard for people. And it take it always involves overcoming fear and people don't want to overcome fear, you know? And for me, like as graduating with a nursing degree, you know, from a really good nursing college. Like I got that question all the time, even from my parents who, you know, my dad worked with Southwestern and he knows the value. My mom says that she wouldn't have even married my dad if he wouldn't have worked with Southwestern in college. (laughs) They understand the value of it. And even still, it was like, you know, I got a little pushback of like, Ooh, are you sure you can make it? Or like, okay. You know, and all of my nursing friends and, got ghosted from some of my advisors and professors oh. that I that I really loved because most people make decisions like most people and most people make decisions based off of fear. And I think that's what holds people back. And ultimately, you know, if you're making good money in a job, it's like I would be a nurse right now making good money and I probably would hate my job right now. <laughs> But I decided to face some fear, you know, which isn't comfortable. And now I love my job. And, you know, I think it, it just, it always, it's always about taking a risk and people, it's uncomfortable. Absolutely. And I, I think it's important to, I, I think actually everyone makes decisions based off of fear. There's just few people who trust themselves enough, who believe in themselves enough to do something courageous. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's very, it's very difficult to do what maybe people don't think is even possible. It's like some things that you want to do in your life may seem impossible to others. And so all of those people are going to push back hard um, on what you want to do. And I think that's really important <laughs> um, to understand and, yeah. and understand that muscle connection with rejection, right? Of like, that feels like legit pain. It's like pretty normal to be afraid of pain. <laughs> That's a self-defense mechanism that your brain has so you don't die, right? So it's just your brain is working against you in the professional you know, realm of things and the actual making big decisions, making things happen. Your, your, your brain is, is made to preserve you so you don't die. So it's going to do everything it can, right? Um, and so we, we come up right. with crazy, which is really normal, crazy thoughts of worst case scenario. And then we make decisions based off them. And that's what I saw when I was recruiting with Southwestern all the times, all the kids would, it's like, they would do good. I know they would do good. I have done the thing and they don't think they would do good. 
And that is the greatest reason why anyone should go do that job. Because if you don't think you could, and you actually just gave it your all and you proved yourself that you could, your, your belief bearers just explode. You're like, mm-hmm. I can do stuff. I remember after my first summer, I would, I, I dabbled with guitar um, and singing and somebody made me basically sing and uh, I like didn't want to. And it took like 30 minutes for them to get me to sing some stupid song. And I sounded awful, <laughs> but I, <laughs> for my first summer, I was like, well, well, that wasn't that bad. You know, this person doesn't like this person now still talks to me. So, and then I went and took vocal lessons because I was like, you know what? I could probably, I could learn how to do that. It's something I want to do. Why would I allow anyone else's opinion of how I sound make me not do that? And and I sing all the time. Yeah. Two guitars over there and a piano. And this mic actually I bought for singing and recording, which is why I have it. <laughs> um, that's awesome. That's yeah, fun. I think that's an important, I think that's an important point is like even people who are, however you define success, even if, even people that are really successful or that have faced a ton of fear in their lives, like everyone has that like, pit feeling you know when they're about to do something scary um sometimes i think we can isolate ourselves and feel like we're the only ones that feel that when really everyone does it's just like you said having courage to like to overcome it and to just go through it anyway because that's where you grow Once, once you realize everyone's just lying and putting on a facade of like i'm not scared and you can just you can just press the BS button and be like, yeah, you probably are, you know. Uh, yeah. Look cool because they think it looks cool. This is the funniest dichotomy, or not dichotomy. Um, what's the uh, paradox? I don't know what the right word is right here. Maybe it'll come come to me. But this is the funniest um, phenomenon. Maybe it's phenomenon that happens. Right. Everybody lies about how they actually feel because they think it looks cool, and everyone who sees that, um, you know, they're doing the exact same thing to all try to look cool, but how many people do you know and the closest friends that you have are the people who don't do that? Right. Isn't that weird? Right. How we trick ourselves, right? But that little piece of the brain that thinks rejection is physical pain, which of course it's not. And it, it causes us to do stuff like this. And that's why you need to conquer your mind. You know, if you master your purpose and you know why you're doing stuff, you will conquer your mind in order to go get it. And, you know, those things I think are kind of one and the same you know, that you have to rock together. And, and Southwestern teaches you all that kind of stuff. That's why I learned a lot of the stuff that we chat about on the, on the podcast. You know, it's literally from doing that. So y'all should, y'all should check out that internship if you haven't yet. And uh, with all this kind of stuff that we're talking about, like what are your thoughts on, you know, fear and rejection, how it relates to how you make decisions? Have this ever happened to you before? So we, we just started Discord. So we'll put that link in the description too, but you guys should come and ask questions. I'm on Discord. I'll answer these questions once per day. Those are pretty cool. That's a resource for anybody. I'll even have like a have like motivational resources on there and videos and awesome book ideas that you should read if you're a young person trying to figure out what the heck your purpose is and what you're trying to do. Um, that's gonna be a cool community where you can, you know, maybe talk to people like Emma because Emma, I'm sure, will be on the Discord at some point. Um, you can reach out to all these people who um, want to be around this community of of young people trying to figure things out. So. We're going to have to have you back on because um, we're out of time. We try to keep these decently short so everyone can actually listen to the entire thing. Get a lot out of it. Um, but I appreciate you a lot. And again, if you are somebody who wants to go maximize a summer, go challenge yourself doing a, a crazy internship that will literally change your life, um, check out Southwestern. And uh, if you want to ask questions, 
and get some resources on Discord. That is a really cool thing. That link's in the description. So check that out. I would love to hear about topics for podcast ideas, you know, watch clips or things that we could put in there, um, put on the podcast, you know, from stuff that you guys are interested in or want to hear um, our thoughts on. So thanks so much. Sweet. Thanks, Joe. This is fun. Mm-hmm.